here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. The prayer of the congregation should be, Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love what thou dost love, and do what thou dost do. Oh, Holy Spirit, open up my understanding. If we understood what eternity means, and what the cross means, and the price that Jesus paid, we would really live different. Do you understand eternity? Do you live in light of eternity? Do you understand the full weight of the cross of Jesus Christ? Today, Pastor Ed reflects on the weight of the gospel and especially the impact it is to have on each of our lives. No one truly touched by the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ can ever remain the same. If we truly understood and lived with an eternal perspective, we would live differently. Are you living in light of eternity? Has Jesus Christ transformed your life? Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of his message entitled, The Spirit of Truth. When a culture abandons faith, out, they throw faith out, reason follows it as well. As people take away the anchor of faith that anchors our soul, what winds up happening is they lose their reason. They lose their mind. They become like the prodigal son. When suddenly he realized, look what I've done. How am I here? How did I get here? Well, the culture is going further and further and further away from God. And when that happens, one day they're going to wake up and say, look what we've done. Look what we've created. The Holy Spirit is your reality guide. He wants to guide you into truth, into reality. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is given to us as a teacher, an advocate, someone to come alongside of us and help us on the journey. This Holy Spirit is what Jesus promised to his disciples. And if you notice the pronouns, he never says it, it's he. The Holy Spirit is a person. An inanimate force can't teach, can't guide, can't instruct, doesn't think. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth. In other words, he reveals yesterday. In John 16, 13, it says this. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Think with me for a moment of the disciples sitting in the synagogue, hearing the verses of the Old Testament being read. They went through the lectionary. Think of them growing up in the Jewish educational system where they would have had to memorize scripture and study the word. They read Isaiah 53. They knew Psalm 22. They were familiar with Old Testament passages. But when Jesus came along at first, they really didn't understand what the Messiah was to be. They had concepts in their mind of some political leader that would free them from the oppressive arm and the oppressive hand of Rome. And so their concept had been blurred by their understanding. But what the Bible says is the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. He makes 
The passages of the Old Testament come alive. The passages of the New Testament come alive. He opens our eyes and opens our hearts and creates in us the ability to see, hear, and understand. Maybe some of you are like I was. As I was growing up, I went to a church and they read the lectionary, read something from the Old Testament, read something from the Gospels, read something from the epistles, but it went over my head. Oh yeah, I believed that there was a God, but I didn't know him. I heard the Apostles' Creed read and the Nicene Creed read, but didn't move me at all. But one day, Jesus came into my life and the Holy Spirit opened the eyes of my understanding. And I said, I didn't see that before. Wow, isn't that exciting? Remember when you were saved? All of a sudden you say, boy, I can see it now. And you look back and you wonder why you didn't see it before. Well, it's because the Holy Spirit comes to lead us into truth. He comes to open our eyes. Eugene Peterson said, when we find ourselves deficient in wisdom, it's not because the word of God has pages missing, but because we have not seen all there is on the pages we already have. It is not another book we need, but our better attention to the book we have. It is not more knowledge we require, but better vision to see what has already been revealed in Jesus Christ. There she stood at the conference I was at several weeks ago. She was eloquent. She could speak. I gained an insight, though, that maybe she didn't intend to convey. She was bemoaning the fact that mainline churches were emptying out. And people were going to these evangelical churches, charismatic churches, Pentecostal churches. They had far more intellect, skill and craftsmanship in the art of communications. But they bemoaned the fact that young people were leaving, older people were leaving. They were having to close down doors here and there. I could not help but think, if only they had the power of the Holy Spirit, if only they had the power of God's presence, that's the difference. That's why when they even looked at the Bible, you wonder, how do you see it? Don't you see what it says? Don't you see the truth there? Unless our eyes are open spiritually, we'll come to the Bible with who we are. And all of us do. The book. We come and we touch it. But we bring ourselves to it. So if I'm not in communion with God and I don't know God, I'm going to look at Scripture and see contradictions. Or merely as a piece of literature. If I'm away from God and cold and distant, it's going to seem like just blank pages. But when God grips the heart and sets the soul aflame, suddenly you see things that move your heart and move you to serve God. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to show you what's there. Paul the Apostle prayed for his converts. He prayed for the church. Listen to his words found in Colossians 1.9. For this reason... 
since the day we heard about you. We have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We need spiritual wisdom, our eyes open, our hearts open to know God's will as we come to church, as we come to this house of worship. You can be in an assembly of God church and the word could be like water on a duck's back. Uh, Your heart can be hardened and and you can miss what God is saying and miss what God is doing. Uh, But Jesus said to his disciples, you're in an emotional time. A lot of things are happening to them. He said, I'm going to leave you. It's necessary that, he said, I leave you so that the Holy Spirit will come and he will teach you. He will guide you. He'll open up the things of God. Uh, We could sit here in church and this communion table could be a mere form or ritual. But if the heart has met God and the life is in love with God... That communion wafer is so symbolic, so meaningful. That cup is so meaningful. You you begin to experience Christ's presence because the Holy Spirit is opening your eyes. He interprets yesterday for us. There are all types of people today trying to rewrite history. American history, world history, they come with their particular perspective, their particular viewpoint, and they want to shape it according to their concept. The Holy Spirit accurately interprets the meaning of the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ. He's been doing that for 2,000 years for his church. That Holy Spirit that Jesus gave and sent was absolutely necessary. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you. He'll open your eyes. So the Holy Spirit can take the great facts of history and even the past in our life and make sense out of things for us when we come to him. But he does something today. The Holy Spirit also applies the truth of today. In 1613 it says, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. The Holy Spirit is only going to speak to us what he hears Jesus saying. Well, that echoes Jesus' words. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus says things like this. In John 7, 16, so Jesus told them, I am not teaching my own ideas, but those of God who sent me. So Jesus taught what the Father was showing him, what the Father was communicating to him. He showed and taught the disciples. He said, the works that I do are the works that the Father's doing. So I'm cooperating with God. And now the Holy Spirit is going to come to us in that role, and he's going to be a tutor, a helper, a counselor, and he's going to tell us what Jesus is thinking, what he's talking, what he's planning. Then we can do his works. You cannot do the work of God, the will of God, the things of God, just simply by saying, I'm going to write down my agenda. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. Here's my plans. No, no, no. It's what God is doing. That's what you want to participate in. As we move in the gifts of the Spirit, it's what God is wanting to do. If we're just doing it on feeling or emotion, then it's fleshly. And that's where discerning of spirits comes. That's where you discern the Spirit. That's where the gifts of the Spirit will come in operation and say, well, no, That's somebody's intention or somebody's heart. It's not the Spirit of God. But the Holy Spirit comes 
to work in and through us. And you know what he'll do? He'll remind you. You'll remember in John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He brings passages of scripture that you had learned a long time ago, that you heard in Sunday school or from a pulpit or you've read. He brings back to your mind instructions that he gave you, direction that he gave you. That's what happened in the disciples' lives. They go through every day and all of a sudden it says in the Gospels, they remembered afterwards that Jesus said this. Or in the book of Acts, they remember afterwards that Jesus communicated that. Uh, The Holy Spirit teaches us. He reminds us. We remember. But if you don't put anything in there to remember, God has less to draw from in your life in a sense because it's not there. But if you're studying the book and reading the book and thinking on the word, God takes those things and it's a means of guiding and directing your life. In Pentecostal churches, 49% don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We say we believe, but we haven't experienced. The Holy Spirit comes to lead us into truth. Paul, um, the apostle, said, I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Paul was experiencing the gospel. Paul was experiencing the things that were communicated in the Old Testament and in the scripture. We ought to be experiencing the book of Acts in our lives. The Holy Spirit comes so that we might remember, that we might receive. And the Old Testament, Psalm 25, 4 to 5 says, show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths, Guide me in your truth and teach me. Guide me in your truth and teach me. God's going to take you, and he's not going to let that truth hang out there somewhere in the atmosphere, but he wants you to be living it out in your daily life. He wants you to be living it out in your experience. And so God teaches us, through the Holy Spirit, how to live out our faith. Jesus said, I'm the truth, the way, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Jesus wasn't just saying nice-sounding words. He said, I am the truth, I am the way. What do they call early Christians in the first century? The first name they gave to them was people of the way. Why did they call them people of the way? Because their life was characterized by a lifestyle. They lived like Christ. Therefore, they received the name later on, Christians, little Christ. This is meant to be lived out. And so the Holy Spirit will remind you at the workplace, you need to be doing this. Hmm? Don't gossip on the phone. Remember what the word says. Uh, Don't start fearing and doubting here. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and sound mind. Again and again, God begins to speak to you all through the week, all through the day. He communicates with you. God has not lost his voice. He has not become silent. He has not stopped speaking with the completion of the New Testament. He continues to speak and to guide and to lead. The prayer of the congregation should be, breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love without us love, and do without us do. Oh, Holy Spirit, open up my understanding. If we understood 
what eternity means and what the cross means and the price that Jesus paid, we would really live different. You know, sometimes we're so slow, just like the disciples were. And Jesus said, I have a lot of things to tell you, but right now you can't handle it. It would be too much for you. They were going to do incredible things, and God was going to do incredible things through them, but they could not grasp it. And so he said, the Holy Spirit is going to come, and he's going to reveal those things to you. They had, well, no idea that they were going to start a brand new religion. Christianity was going to come out of these disciples, out of these followers of Christ. Uh, They didn't know that the Mosaic law was going to be put aside, in a sense, the covenant, Old Testament covenant, when I say that, and they were going to have a new covenant, a covenant of grace. Uh, They didn't know all that God had planned. I mean, If Peter would have had an idea back then that he would be going to a Gentile's house and eating with them and that he would be baptizing them into the family of God, in Acts chapter 10, back here in John chapter 16, he wouldn't be able to comprehend it. That's why the Holy Spirit is given to teach us, to lead us, to direct us. How do we apply the word today? How are we going to apply it tomorrow? And that leads me to the last and final point. The Holy Spirit directs us into truth. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit does that. In Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit comes, and he speaks to the early church. And listen, it's in the context of worship and fasting and prayer. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. God, his precious Holy Spirit, directed the church, guided the church. In chapter 15 at the council that they had in Jerusalem, James spoke up and says, it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit to put no other burdens on the Gentiles. The Holy Spirit was involved in leading and guiding and directing the church and informing it how the scriptures applied what they said in the Old Testament, what they meant today to them and how it was going to affect their future. See, God wants to write your story God has a plan for your life. Will you allow him to do that? And you allow him by saying, Holy Spirit, come. Teach me, guide me, direct me. The Holy Spirit is to lead us into all truth, to living out the gospel, to living out his plan for our lives. In Psalm 143, verse 10, it says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. God's Holy Spirit has been given for us, to us, to open up what Jesus has said, to open up the scriptures so that we can see. Paul prayed for his converts that they would see and understand. The Holy Spirit is given to us so that the things that Jesus taught 
would be applied to our daily life today. That we'd live in the truth. That we would know God's will. His Holy Spirit has been given to us to guide us into his plan for our lives. The Holy Spirit has a plan for your life. The Bible says every one of our days are written in his book before one of them came to pass. You know, I remember as a young man when I was saved, I was 17 years old. And as a 17-year-old, I just didn't like public speaking. I didn't like studying. I didn't like school. didn't like any of that stuff. I know there's nobody like that there. (laughs) But I just had no interest. And then I got saved, and my life turned around and changed. And I began to feel the call of God into the ministry. But I didn't share it with anybody because I didn't want anybody to laugh at me. Because I didn't like speaking in front of people or in public. I was timid and shy, and I had a real problem with public speaking. But I remember praying, saying, Holy Spirit, God, I feel you're calling me into the ministry. Will you confirm? Will you direct? And I remember going down with some friends to some revival services in Tennessee. And we went down to these revival services. And the evangelist called me up. And she said, you've been praying and asking God. God wants you to know that he's called you into the ministry and he has set you apart as a minister, as a pastor. She didn't know that. The people I was with didn't know that. But God knew that. The Holy Spirit will lead you into his plan for your life as you let him reveal the truth of God's word. And as you let him apply it to your life, he'll direct you what you must do, how you have to live, where you have to go. God's Holy Spirit does that. Paul the Apostle, I like the way he spoke in Galatians. He said, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Are you keeping in step with the Spirit? Are we doing what God wants us to do? If I were to ask you right now, just for a moment, what does God want you to do? What does God want you to do? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What does the Holy Spirit want you to do? All right. I want you to take that question. Make it part of your prayer. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? He may take you back to a portion of Scripture and speak to you about an area of your life and surely he'll begin applying it. And he'll open up your heart and your mind for every tomorrow. God's Holy Spirit was given to lead the church, they'd have to navigate through difficult times, through hard places. They'd have to understand that, boy, this Old Testament, and now we're commissioned to write a New Testament, and God's changing some things, big changes. Peter at Cornelius' house would suddenly welcome the Gentiles in on a completely different standing. Then... His Jewish brothers would have been accustomed to. No, you don't have to keep the ritualistic feast. No, you don't have to keep all of the Old Testament uh, covenant ritual. No, it's a new covenant. It's a covenant of grace. God wants to lead you into your tomorrow. Will you let the Holy Spirit teach you? If you're listening today and you've recently placed your faith in Jesus, this has been a perfect message for you. 
The Gospel of John is one of the very best places in the whole of the Bible for new believers to begin studying. And it's not just for new believers either. For those of us who have walked with Jesus for some time, it's always a wonderful reminder of who we're following. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you'll find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access an archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.